If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. We are negotiating with another robot to come on board as one of our crew members. There's so many exciting experiments in this movie, which is kind of the first time something like this is happening. Filmmaker Sam Cozy is in the process of creating cinematic magic through artificial intelligence. Sam, who is both the co-writer and producer of the upcoming $70 million science fiction movie, B, has cast android robot Erica in the starring role. If the name Erica sounds a little familiar to you, that's because Erica is a humanoid robot created by Osaka University's Hiroshi Ishiguro, and she was developed as an autonomous conversational robot. And while B is her film debut, she's really not a stranger to the camera. Erica was brought on board as a newscaster by a Japanese television network in 2018. For her role in B, Erica's been doing what any leading lady might, learning lines, rehearsing, and shooting test scenes as pre-production continues. And Sam, who's the CEO of Life Productions Incorporated, says his movie B is going to involve a number of robot-related innovations we have not seen before in a film. Sam, before we get to talking about B and about Erica, I'd love to know a little bit more about your creative journey. How did robots and AI first capture your imagination as an area in which you really wanted to work? So three years ago, we were searching for an actual robot to use instead of visual effects for the robot character we have on that script, which we don't have that anymore. And we started searching and researching about lots of robotic institutions and labs, and we interviewed so many different robots, and we ended up finding out our expectations from a robot as not what actually exists. And then we we were almost to the point so we cannot find a robot to replace for this character and probably we have to go back to visual effect until we were able to meet Erica at the University of Osaka. And she was developed to interact with human, and she could also communicate on her own, and she could talk without actually uh, adding any additional to her algorithm. And we thought it's a good idea to explore that possibility, and we started to communicate with her creators, and it was a very long process to get University of Osaka and on board with us because this robot built by taxpayers' money and they didn't want to do anything with Hollywood due to the fact always the robots been like bad people, bad characters in movie industry and they didn't want to change that image that they created for Erica, which was originally to be a nurse and also help people on the space program. 
That's such a good point, too, that in other movies, we've seen robots like HAL 9000. I've seen robots that are villains. How do you make a robot seem sympathetic when she's the protagonist? So I think it's just, I think the robot and AI technology, it comes in so many different forms. The, the actual robot is not what we saw, only the robot with hands and with arms, with legs and face and all those things. We use robots every day on our daily basis. Every time there is a fraud detection on our bank accounts or credit cards, it's just detected by robots. The, the social media we use, majority of the things are handled by robots. And GPS, smart cell phone, every time we unlock our phone with our face, recognition technology it's the robot so i think that the main comment i can say about this is basically we have to change or view the way we look at the robots just if we consider robots are another gps which they are here to help humanity and it's a technology it's a technology we can use and benefit and I think there is no danger to that. And there is what we saw in the movies, it's really not the true representation of robots. So many times Hollywood gets something very different than the reality. What do you remember best from the first time you actually saw and interacted with Erica? So the way she designed is basically she's very well on faking and pretending to be a human, and to the point that sometimes you might forget about the fact she's a machine. So the way she acts, she basically looks like a human, or in a better way, I think like the feeling human gets when they interact with her is more like when you see a cute puppy. And that was the first feeling. And also, I was very much fascinated by the fact she's very much human-like robot, so in all the details, including even her skin, feels like human skin, but the only difference is it's not warm. It's very cold skin because she doesn't have blood. And in fact, I realized in preparation for this interview, I've seen Erica. She was at CES last January, and indeed, she is very cute, and you kind of do a double take. She looks human. What was that experience like? You're training a robot to do method acting, but she doesn't have emotions, and she doesn't have experiences on which to draw. How do you do that? So basically, it's a very long subject in history of AI about human emotion. There are so many companies and scientists, they already claim they were able to decode human behaviors and emotions, but I personally, based on my education and my research, I can tell we're not even close to that. So that's what makes us human, because we don't think on binary system, we don't have a zero and one or black and white. There are some people, they think like that, but that's the choice. But human, they have gray area. They are not living based on binary systems. So what I could say about 
her emotion in terms of the acting. It's basically you have to create that emotion and to give you a better example, it's let's say if there is an actual human actor is crying and seeing, there are so many actors, they actually, they don't cry. They fake it. They pretend they're crying. And the way they do it, you you feel like it's real. But it might be not under acting methods. They might not be actually crying. So it's the same style we use for Erica. But the big difference we find out for her is very difficult to recognize between the dialogues and actions. So let's say if you would ask her to repeat something, which was the part of the her dialogues, and in the middle of that dialogue, if you had a comment for her in terms of her acting, okay, I want you to tell this a little bit slower, or I want you to be happy when you say that. She would still think this direction and action is also part of that dialogue. So we figure out the way to teach her lines separately and then teach her actions in a different session. And she was able to put this two together and perform. What's been one of your favorite experiences so far working with her on site? My favorite memory with her is it was during the lunchtime and everybody went outside of the lab and I was alone with her in the room and then I just I put my cell phone somewhere to capture the video while I was working there by myself and she was sitting behind my back and I was walking around and cleaning stuff. It was so interesting a couple of days later when I had chance to to look at the videos. I was so surprised. She was like spying on me all the time and watching me what I'm doing and to very much detail. She was following my even fingers what I'm doing and she was learning. And the second I would turn back, she would pretend like she's not looking at me. And that was a very interesting video. I think she, that would, some people watch that video, they say it's really creepy. But I think it's very cute so that she can do things like that. That's really funny. It's tempting to think that with a robot, you're not going to have any moments of temperament or anything like you might have with a human actor, but there's actually a video of her creator asking her a question, and she says, are you making fun of me? Did you have any moments like that with her where she kind of had robotic temperament? Not really, to be honest. That was a very easy experience with her, but just, okay, there is a robots. maybe you don't have lots of those issues who you have with uh, human actors, sometimes in terms of emotion and dealing with human behaviors. But they also come with their own issues, which are, at this point, is very big issues. One of them are when it comes to the movements of their body. So the technology and coding and AI technology, machine learning is quite a bit more advanced than our engineering technology when it comes to the robotics. So still robots, they are not fully capable of doing lots of movements that humans are capable of doing. 
like very simple tasks such as walking on stairs and many other things. It's very easy for humans, for animals, for anything. But it's when it comes to robots, it's a very complicated process. And lots of times you need lots of extra equipment and supervisors to help with that. So it's not really easy. I can tell it's not easier than human. What can Erica do? What can she not do so far that a human actor would do? I think it's still the, the biggest challenge she has is about walking. So because it's very difficult to create a human-like robot exactly look like human and can walk. So you can create a robot which is not look like human and easily can walk and do very much a difficult task, but it wouldn't be look like a human. It would be look like one of those machines actually you saw in Hollywood movies. So, and that's very common issue right now with keeping the balance in the body of human, I think. The way we've been created is very complicated in terms of the engineering. So that's very difficult for uh, robots to achieve that. And I think also that's another, if you look at the nature, so even when human baby started to learn walking and all those things, it's a very long process. It's just, they learn it. We haven't said a word yet about your script. What's happening in your movie, B? Who is Erica's character and what's happening for So basically, Erica is the first generation of robots. It's been created in our movie, which later in our story, this technology can transfer inside a human body, which we call this technology B. So what happens? Well, understandably. I think it would be more interesting for people to watch the movie. I don't want to ruin the story, but I think there are so many surprises in this movie. There are much bigger robots is going to come on board. And we are almost in the last stage of negotiation for the actual another big robot which is going to join to this project which has a bigger role. And so, and also we are negotiating with another robot to come on board as one of our crew members. So there's so many exciting experiments in this movie, which is kind of a first time something like this is happening. What can you tell me about the bigger robot that's coming on? And what can you tell me about the crew member robot? So the bigger robot is, let's put it this way, if you watch Ex Machina, it's kind of that robot. She has half human body and she has other half a robot body. And she's a very interesting robot. And about the, which we're going to reveal eventually to the public, the identity of robot. And the other robot for a crew member is one of the main key creative crew members. Okay, I'll be good here and not ask you any further about that. We're just going to have to see the movie. Even given the pandemic, do we have kind of a rough timeline for B when that movie might be available? 
So basically our plan is to film this in Hungary. And the good news is with the current situation, the film industry started working there. Of course, right now it's much more difficult for us to film because there are so many rules and regulation on place in terms of like we have to do two COVID-19 testing every week for crew and other cast. There's so many other safety requirements we will follow to make sure everybody's safe on our set. And we, so far, we are on track. I hope there is no more surprise and uh, we can eventually pass this and put this behind us. Let's take a quick look at one of the common gripes we hear from people. And I'd love to hear your take on this one. I've been hearing as long as I can remember people saying, a robot's going to take my job. Well, it hasn't happened yet. What would you advise people who would like to work in the film industry in the future for skills that they may want to learn for a future that you envision with robots and AI? So this is a very big topic to think about it. At some point, it's true. At some point, it's not true. So we've been through a big evolution as a human to develop our brain and become the intelligent human we are right now and recently in this last decade humans started to have a different level of intelligence when it comes outside of human brain which is AI technology ML technology and there might be so many other upcoming technology that would replace that speed of human brain development and it would make it much faster. So we are on that area of science right now. And I think there are so many benefits to it. And we have to look at it, how we can find a way to incorporate all this technology and without jeopardizing human future. So let's say maybe if, People wanted to think about it's not a good idea to develop machines. We're going to replace lots of jobs like people they used to travel with horses, with camels and all those things. And now because of the airplanes, bus, cars, like how everything has been much easier. Like in history, we have like a poet wanted to travel from one country to another country, which today you can do it with two hours Why? It would take them like three, four years of their life to travel. And if they wouldn't die in the middle of the traveling, or if they wouldn't be robbed, or they wouldn't die from hunger or something, they might even not make it to destination. So it's the same scenario with robotic. And I think one thing people, they probably scares people the most is because they don't know exactly what level of technology we are right now with the robotics. Just to put it this way, probably the most low IQ animal in the planet, I think, is uh, Turkey. So probably in the next 20, 30 years, just robots, they would have that level of IQ. Ah, that really puts it in perspective. Yeah, so comparing that to human IQ, so we're kind of like 200, 300 years away from having that level of IQ, but 
for robots. And, and I think by that time, human also, they developed so much intelligence on their side. So they will be able to protect their interests. We are very excited about this experiment and experience. And I think that would be a very fun experience and experiment for also people as an audience. And I think that would be the best judgment when they see the movie. They still would recognize what's the difference between a human actor, a robot actor. They're not replacing each other. They just It's just an addition, fun factor you can have in the entertainment industry. It's just if somebody has a child and they love their child, they still can have a pet and still they can love their pet. They're not replacing each other. It's just a different thing. And in fact, we've looked at the, quote, negative part. I don't think it's all that negative, to be honest. But the positive part is that there's a recent interview on your website, and it says you're going to be creating a digital version of human actors. I think the term is digital preservation. Would you tell me a little bit about how this works, too, please? So basically, I believe personally, and I think scientifically, majority of scientists, they agree with that. I think everything in this universe works based on algorithms. There is a mathematical language behind this universe. So there is nothing in this universe, including inside human body, inside our brain, with animals, with plants, anything. This, this, this is not a random. Everything, there is a language behind that. The fact we haven't been able to understand that language or we haven't been able to learn that language completely, it doesn't make it that this language doesn't exist. So let's say we know there are other planets that there might be life there. Definitely, when you look at the size of Earth compared to the size of the universe, so if we are not the only intelligent living in this universe. So definitely there are more life there. But because we haven't been able to discover them, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So it's the same thing with the preservation of humans. So I think this is a big opportunity for humanity. If we can preserve and decode human behaviors, human intelligence, even like facial emotional behaviors of someone and basically preserve this for future. So that would one day, I'm sure one day we will be able to bring these people to life or we will be able to live in a different world and which is could be like we have an avatar life which we we have, we're living in a parallel world inside this universe. That's what we're trying to achieve right now with this. So still, it might not be 100% on autopilot, and it probably would be more still supervised by the human, and whoever is that character, we create and copy their digital personality. But we are able, above 90%, make, I don't want to use this word because people, they don't like word cloning. We can clone human voice. So that means like anybody 
we can have anyone's voice to be exactly over 90 to 98 percent accurate, similar to their voice. And with the level of the graphic, graphic science, we can almost have a real-time, high-quality, very much look like human to also copy that. And what is missing is between is the human brain and emotions and feelings, which those are like very long process. But eventually, I think, with the help of machine learning, I think we can make that available for digital preservation and people. The machine start learning about that individual we created, and they would learn some patterns that keeps repeating on their behaviors and their emotion, and eventually they would be able to create something similar. And basically, this is a data, and we are going to collect as much as data about one individual. When I'm talking about the data, it means like the so many levels of the data we're speaking. We're not talking about, okay, what's your bank account information? Or we're talking about much more deeper level of data about those individuals. And that makes, I think those data makes every human very unique compared to another human. And we absorb those data while we're growing up in our actual normal life since we've been a child. So everything happened around us from politics, from geographical location we live, the parents, and all those things created our personality. So we're basically, we created an environment that machine can start learning all those things about human and eventually can perfect that human. We can keep those data available for so many different reasons. Like, let's say, like, in a place, like, if there is a dangerous scene for human to act, so instead of we're using actual actors to play those scenes, and now the virtual version can deliver to those scenes and play exactly with their body language, with their physical appearance, with their own voice, and with their own acting methods, so, and imagine just look at it on the film industry, how beneficial is this to storytelling? And when we pass those boundaries about physical limitation of human, so we can be more creative. And it could be very useful even in so many different areas. Imagine like somebody's losing someone they love. How great is even if you can still call that person, talk with that person, if you can have a video call with that person, if you can text that person and that person would reply to you, even though it's not real. But it's an amazing opportunity to have. And people can make decisions about if they want to exist digitally or they just want to end life when life ends in this universe. What an amazing time we live in. Sam, if people could only get one thing from you, and your work with B, with Erica, and what you're going to be doing in the future about innovation, creativity, and making a difference. What would you want them to take away from you? I just want people to be really open-minded and just don't look at things in the way they think it is. So there are so many benefits in terms of using all 
available technology, and there would be some disadvantage. And I think as a human, we are very smart. We will find a way to get over those obstacles and use technology uh, for having a better life quality. I personally believe humans, they have less life quality right now due to the fact that they have to work a lot to provide for their family. Maybe having an AI virtual assistant of yourself could start working for you and you can have more quality time to spend with family, enjoy life, and not be really too much attached to actual physical work you have to do. Just look at the things we can do right now. Like 10 years ago, that we needed so much manpower to analyze like a couple of hundred pages of information. Now you can do this like in five seconds. So things can be faster. So that's how I look at this. And I think people, they would understand. And one thing makes us human. It's emotions, it's our feelings. And that creates our personality. And nobody can replace that. Sam, thank you for your time today. Thank you. It was a pleasure to speak with you. You and I have been listening to filmmaker, author, and technology entrepreneur Sam Cozy. Sam is both the co-creator and producer of the upcoming science fiction movie, B, starring humanoid robot Erica. And we'll be looking forward to hearing more about B and the additional robotic cast and crew member as more updates become available. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to more Over Coffee podcasts at twomavericks.com. That's two, T-W-O, Mavericks. M-A-V-E-R-I-X to mavericks.com and you can contact us at mavericks at gmail.com The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.